Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Windham. Rayburn, what's going on in your world? You know me, it's the same old, same old. Working like a dog and underappreciated all the time. But I will say, the highlight of my week was finally receiving my Rated Radio merch. So, uh, there's that. But to, uh, plug us... I will say the softness of our hoodies and stylish mugs ensure that I am nothing but cozy while I work. I don't feel listeners like she's trying to sell y'all something. I feel like she's trying to make me feel bad because I haven't <laughs> gone out there and bought this shit yet. Like, why aren't you rocking the sweatshirt, yeah. motherfucker? Yeah, man. Rock, rock this merch. And if you want to be cooler than Shane, visit the merch store and get yours today. But anyway, enough about our, our self-promotion. What's going on with you? It's spring break in my world, which means I got to spend a week with my kid at home. He's hitting a really fun age, and it's nice that I got a chance to spend so much downtime with him prior to his sister arriving, which should be happening any day now. And I do mean that quite literally, because mm-hmm. they're most likely going to induce in the next few days. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm terrified. But... Terrified. Fuck all that noise. Roll the intro. I just wish it wasn't muted every time we... Yeah. Yeah. Do you love it so much that it is your ringtone on your phone? No. Then you don't love it that much. I'm I'm not... I've never been the person who changes ringtones. I just leave it whatever it is. My phone doesn't actually ring. It's always on silent. Why? Because I just don't care. <laughs> I was going to say, do like not give a shit about anyone in your life. The jailbreak thing that was big for a while. Like, I didn't fucking care. I don't care that I can make different fonts on social media sites and, you know, I like the dark mode on some websites, but most of the time I see that and I'm like, what are we in fucking high school still, you know? So so you're telling me the man that has a hand in absolutely everything he does and is specific about every project that he has ever done doesn't even have the patience to customize his social media It's not about patience. I just don't care. I liked MySpace when I could actually change the look, but I would still keep like a pretty generic text from what I recall. (laughs) Like it didn't. And I'm not that controlling. Y'all need to quit with that. (laughs) We're doing that banter bar show on YouTube now. And I literally sit down and drink in front of the camera and then I do nothing and a show just pops up. I give no feedback. I don't make people true. go back and do edits. Like, I've, I'm not controlling. Y'all need to quit. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I retract my statement. Anyway, I'm going to be a little controlling and direct this episode to where it needs to go. We picked a top 10 list, or I should say I let you pick a top 10 list this week. Go mm-hmm. ahead and tell them what it was. Favorite 80s rock ballads. And I will say... I can't speak for you, Shane, but I did not focus on stories when making this list. Okay. So you're not going to get a whole lot from me other than just a list. Well, that's all right. So why don't you start us off? Let's let's see what you got. All right. Uh, first on my list is Space Age Love Song by 
A Flock of Seagulls. I mean, I enjoy this song a lot. It definitely has a ton more to offer than Iran, which, speaking of Iran, if you didn't know, Flock of Seagulls absolutely hates to perform it. So maybe let that one go. I would What's- kind of understand that, though. Can't imagine how much it sucks to just have to pretty much perform the same song at every show you ever do. Yeah. But this, I'm telling you, if they would have gone more in a direction that they did with Space space Age Love Song, I think that they would have been all right. But then again, they had that stupid hair going for them, so that might have been a hindrance. Well, enough about that. I'm going to talk now with my controlling ass. Okay. You go right ahead. So, double list. Nobody cares. But... (laughs) So my first two picks are Love Song by Tesla and Patience by Guns N' Roses. I remember sitting in your parents' living room with my acoustic, one of those rare nights that we actually stayed over. I'd just learned to play Tesla's Love Song after my breakup with Callie. Uh, Once everyone had gone to sleep, I started toying around with an instrumental ditty of my own, which eventually turned into my track Sleep Speak. This was around the same time that Joel kept playing GNR's patience around me constantly, saying, All you and Callie need is just a little patience. (laughs) Unfortunately, patience is not a common virtue among teenagers. So, what's your next pick? Next on my list is Sister Christian by Night Ranger. It's just a classic. That's all that's all I got to say. It's a classic and I enjoy listening to it. So You know what was interesting about this week is that I had you send me your song list so we didn't have duplicates. Mm-hmm. And I'd already had my stuff picked out and I didn't have mm-hmm. to change anything. So we were not in the same ballpark for the most part. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I I like that there's some variety between the two of us. Well, good, because you get what you get and you don't throw a fit sort I'm of thing. A, sappy idiot and you go for you know the classics yeah i'm i'm a cl- we already established i'm one of those basic bitches and that's all right so speaking of basic bitches we'll get to that more later what's your next pick is this love by white snake and save your love by great white after the failed engagement i was idiotically opposed to settling into another relationship remember telling myself There's no rush. Even after I'd been seeing someone amazing for months, I genuinely believed there was no rush too because she was always understanding of my hesitation. But guys who've been down this road before can all likely attest to the fact that said understanding knows its limits. Eventually, that lady is going to turn the tables and nothing's going to make a younger male's true colors show faster than having that jealousy card pulled on him. Older folks may have no fucks left to give or have mostly outgrown jealousy, but that younger me fell right in line when I thought I'd lost a good one. These songs remind me of that time in my life. Age of the sea. Sorry. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I hesitate to tell the story, but essentially I, I kind of felt like I'd gotten to a point where she was sick of my on-the-fence bullshit. Yeah. She never actually said anything. And then a few of my friends went to a party she'd invited us to, and yeah. Yeah. A little bit after I got there, she was drunk and making out with some dude in the backyard. Dang. And it was like, so? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't I wasn't making it a point to lock it down, so Yeah. Completely understandable. But moving on to my next pick. Hey Raven, do you wanna oh. talk some? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just going to take the mic from you for a bit. Go ahead. Next on my list is Any Way You Want It by Journey. A lot of people would have gone with 
other Journey songs because there is an abundance that you could choose from. But ultimately, I went with any way you want it. It's just a, it's got that bounce in it. You know, when a song's got a good bounce. Uh, It also was featured in the Charlie's Angels movie. And that's just a, 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 a piece from my memory. Uh, the good Charlie's Angels, not the newest Charlie's Angels. <laughs> so anyway, but not, but not the original Charlie's Angels. Not the, no, not the not original the show. Char- Charlie's Angels. Although the character Kelly Garrett, which I don't know who she's she's played by, is in the Charlie's Angels that I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm rambling. You ever I'm wonder? Just shut the fuck up. If by the time we're grandparents. <laughs> The vernacular for talking about something like Charlie's Angels is going to be not the fourth Charlie's Angels, but the sixth. Okay. We we don't even count the fifth. Like there's gonna be so much redone. Oh my god, I've got something to share with you later in the special. So (laughs) no. Okay. All right. Well tune into the special to hear what Shane has to say. You can find it again at Teespring. (laughs) Quit trying to sell people <laughs> shit, man. Slash Nobody wants to listen to you try to sell them <laughs> shit. I'm trying to let the listeners know where they can find more of us if they give a shit. Excuse me okay. for trying to inform them. My next picks are The Flame by Cheap Trick and Why Can't This Night Go On Forever by Journey. Like Raven said, there's a lot of good Journey to be found. They've got the two greatest hits that I think compiled the Essential Collection at some point, but it still doesn't hit all of the boxes that you can hit with that group. Anyway, I've had my fair share of romantic entanglements. These tracks are a throwback to one of the wildest, proof that older fires can be the most memorable to sit near, even if they don't provide the greatest heat. Seeing something materialize from my oldest childhood crush brought with it all that youthful wonder and long-awaited fulfillment you'd imagine. And I'm not immune to wondering whether those feelings would have grown or weakened had we continued with that tryst. Distant fires are easy to lose sight of when the nights end, but oh, what a feeling. Having one of the only people who can still make you feel like a child again, also reminding you that you are very much a man now. What's your next pick? Next on my list is Every Breath You Take by The Police. Yes, this is a pseudo-stalker ballad, but it's still a good one. And I really enjoy listening to it. Creepy. It's all right, though. You know you enjoy that song. I do. It's a good song. I do enjoy the song. I'm still a little weirded out that people use it at their wedding so much, even though it's pretty much universally known now that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not meant to be a happy song. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't get invited to very many weddings. Literally the only one I've pretty much ever been invited to is yours, and that was a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. No, it's not. (laughs) What's your next pick? Hooky. Uh, (laughs) God damn you. Got me questioning my <laughs> life choices now. No, just fucking with you. I was lucky hey, to Meg, be there. Raven says our marriage is a mistake. You know what she'll probably say? Maybe she's got a point. She's fucking nine months pregnant. I bet she agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Next for me is Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue and When I'm With You by Sheriff. These songs remind me primarily of cabin trips or maybe road trips in general. Hearing them immediately puts me in that chill but upbeat frame of mind I find the moment we hit the road in search of adventure. For those who don't know, I'm something of a workaholic. Vacations are pretty much the only time I let myself stop working for longer than a few hours. And I love most of what I do for a living, but that change of pace is always welcome. What you got? Don't let them lie to you. Even when 
we take family trips or cabin trips, he still works. You're still jotting down lit lists, making notes. Yeah. I don't think of that as work, but yeah, you're probably right. Your Usually. mind is constantly thinking of what can I use this material for at a later date. I'm not saying it's wrong. You're taking full advantage of the situation when you're in it because it's, it's rare that we're all in one place together but yeah. when you're young and thoughts are going through your head and you think it sounds brilliant then you're like oh i gotta pee i'll wait to write it down <laughs> you just fucking don't do it and yeah. you know you've had tons and tons of those lines go through your head or ideas you tend to just start writing them down no matter what like, I have actually pulled over on the side of the highway to get my phone out and jot a note down. Didn't you say that you were one of the type of people that keeps a notepad on his side of the bed? Uh, do you, do you no, I use my phone pretty pretty much universally now. Okay. The notebook on the side of the bed doesn't really make sense because you'd have to turn a light on in the room and wake somebody else up. And Okay. Anyway. Moving on to my next pick. No, I, I, know, I know what you mean. What, what's your next pick? <laughs> Sorry. Next on my list is Here I Go Again by White Snake. Yet again, White Snake finds a way to rear its ugly head, and I ain't mad about it. This is one song that I was fortunate enough to see live. For more information on that, listen to one of our past episodes where we cover the concerts we've been to. Yeah, this was the first concert that I went to with my dad, and it was the kicking off point for more concerts and experiences to be had together. So I will forever be thankful for that. I was sitting here wondering when you said white snake, if that was supposed to be a reference to like Caucasian penis. And yeah, Caucasian you, penis rears its ugly head. Yeah, you again. said something about reared its ugly head. And I thought, well, okay, uncircumcised white dick, I guess. <laughs> you know, sometimes I am concerned about where your mind goes. Sorry. You literally talked about white snake earlier in your list, did you think of Caucasian penis when you said it for yours? No, I was trying to read. I wasn't. Oh. <laughs> okay, well. It's different, okay? <laughs> okay. Seriously, it's, <laughs> I can't even give you a, you know, a comparison right now because <laughs> it would literally be something to do with dick. <laughs> oh, fuck. Maybe Why let's not. Life? Maybe let's not and move on to your last pick. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> My final picks <laughs> for the first half is Take It on the Run by Ario Speedwagon and With or Without You by U2. Love these songs. But I used to find it odd that stuff like this exists. You want to imagine songwriters exist in this state of bliss or are simply reflecting on past hurts, as though money and fame alleviate all the messy, uncertain parts of life that us normal people have to endure. We'd all be better off getting those thoughts right the fuck out of our heads, though. Things like love are going to be a challenge no matter the circumstances surrounding your success in other areas of life. Be one of those rare people who not only under understands this fact, but welcomes it for the reason it gives you to keep turning life's pages. You know what I wish we would have done before we started our list? White dick? We don't, we literally don't have time anyway. I mean, uh, I, I don't do white dick. I got my own, I guess. Got white. Okay. All right. Why? Why are we doing this? Anyway. Is, is masturbation, is that, would you consider that fucking yourself? Yeah. So when people tell you to go fuck yourself, you think. They're asking they're you to masturbate? Yeah, they're encouraging me to go, go I rub mean, one I'm out. All, I'm all for encouraging people to rub one out. But uh, 
I don't make that connection when I tell someone to go fuck themselves. Hmm. So anyway, what I wish we would have specified before starting our list is a lot of people don't know the definition of a ballad. It's like a stadium love song is what I think of. Well, from my understanding, I mean, yeah, it, that's basically what I think of too. But from my understanding, it's any song that kind of tells a story. Okay. Like I about relationships. Setup. I hear what you're saying. That this, this was your setup. I hear what but you're, you're saying. But you're you were fucking wrong. Yeah. And <laughs> no, this is uh, why you chose love songs and I chose the classic shit. No, I'm just saying it's they're both in the same category. I'm just saying that for me, I had to specify and look up exactly what a ballad was so that I could fit this in the right category. Hey, Raven. Yeah. Hey, Shane. What? How about you take a break and go fuck yourself? And then come back and we could talk about Taylor Swift. All right, that works for me. Later. I hope she's in the other room somewhere because I really don't want to have to try to sound edit like vibration just digging into the wall. <laughs> hey, Raven, are you having fun today? <laughs> A blast. By the way, if you if you could hear that, that was just orange juice in my cup. That's what I call it when I the old bean i'm just kidding i don't know if i this is i'm half hung over and that really just painted a picture (laughs) not so good (laughs) okay well let's move on to our first artist then which was who t swift taylor Taylor swift i don't know why give her some respect say her name rayburn say her name miss taylor swift all right. I did the eyes again in case you. Uh, in yeah, case you I'm them. trying not to imagine you were over there talking about flicking your bean a second ago. Um, you were talking about masturbation anyway. What was so, the first album that we covered by Taylor? I picked these. Uh, for just, <laughs> I picked these. Just clarifying. First album we covered was 1989 from 2014. This was my bottom pick. This is my top pick. I gave it 11 fives. I gave it eight fives. My top track was All You Had to Do Was Stay. That's a good one. I went with This Love. That's a good one. Bottom track was How You Get the Girl. Bottom track was How You Get the Girl. What is up with that bubblegum pop bullshit? Oh, so you agree? Yeah. I thought you that were was judging bottom... me. for No, that was my bottom track too. Yeah. it. You want something else out of it. I don't I don't know. I uh, thought that this album has some repetitive and overly pop edges, but is mostly a testament to how perfectly suited to songwriting Swift really is. The deluxe edition of this album has some extra winners, including my favorite song by Taylor Swift called You Are In Love. And oh, but I, it was on the deluxe edition, so yeah, you couldn't put it. Exactly. Oh, and I really like the song anyway, but my son sings it, the chorus. And it's one of the cutest things. Anyway, you got some notes about the album? Yeah, I want to say in regards to this album, I thought that she focused a lot of attention, obviously, on love songs and female empowerment. When it came to writing, her, some of her harmonies are dreamy and a solid album that could you could definitely press play and walk away. So I liked it. I mean, it was my top album. Yep. That's, that's, that's it. The only that's songs I, I didn't give fives to got fours. So I would very much agree. I did give out a couple threes, Man. but I don't think there's one song in the albums that we covered that I, well, two, two songs that I gave twos to, but you'll, we'll get to that later. What's our next album? Is Reputation from 2017. This was actually my middle pick. This is my middle pick as well. I gave it 14 fives. Oh. 
So close. I gave it eight. My top track was dress. My top track was this is why we can't have nice things. Solid. Yeah. Bottom track was New Year's Day. Bottom track for me was dancing with our hands tied. Mm. Mm. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Sorry. I'm having to build my respect for you back up here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, Uh, what I'll say about the album is this is feisty Taylor like to the max. Taylor gives a big fuck you to gossip folks. This has a higher production value and it is a great workout or driven album. It's more sexualized and the voice and style are very much recognizable. I said that I'm not a big fan of the cover or the last track. Otherwise, this album is close to flawless. If you can handle pop at all and dig hip-hop production values, sweeping hooks, sensual lyricism, and purposeful mixing of the track list, this will blow your fucking hair back in a big way. Yeah, I know it's my middle pick, but this is actually one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Like, not just by Taylor Swift. I fucking love this CD. The last track just doesn't hit a five for me. I love that you said something about the cover because I absolutely hated this cover too. Yeah. It reminded me of some Avril Lavigne hot topic bullshit. Yeah, a little. it was too much of an edgy reach, I think. Yeah. And that's kind of the impression I got when I first spun the disc. Mm-hmm. But I kept listening and uh, yeah, this CD is really, really fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's good. So... Last album that we covered was Lover from 2019. This was my top album. This was my bottom album. I gave it 13 fives. I gave it seven fives. My top track was Afterglow. My top track was You'll Soon Get Better featuring The Chicks. Hmm. I thought it had a really good message. Yeah, I think the first time I heard the album, I gave that song a five. But I just, I've spent enough time with it that I know I skip over that track. Like, it's not something I want to hear most of the time. So, mm-hmm. bottom track was London Boy. Okay. Uh, my bottom track was Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Kid. Mm. Yeah, Taylor, you, you need to. You, you uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's just like the last album. That's one of my favorite songs on the album. And I don't mean that hyperbolically. I mean, you've literally taken my runner up for both of these albums and made them your bottom tracks. Okay, but listen, in my defense, I wanted to say, Taylor, you need to calm down with the cheerleader chants. She's playing in the, for this album, she's playing to a younger generation so much that she seems like she's in high school again. Touching back to 1989, but not being as good, in my opinion. Playful, but seems rushed. Still a gifted songwriter shows through. But again, I just thought it was too teenage. But please don't come for me, Swifties. I was just going to let you run all the air out of that balloon. (laughs) I don't hate this album. I'm just saying when compared to the other two, for my personal taste, it just seemed, it didn't seem as genuine. Okay. Okay. So my notes here. Okay, go ahead. Did you... I was going to say, which incidentally is the album that features the next artist that we're covering. So Yeah. Slightly surprised that wasn't your top track, but. Oh, know. I loved it. I loved it when it, when it came out, but it's just, I think it's lost some of its sparkle a little bit. You need to calm down. I still really, really like, because again, I like the, the message that it, it brings. I'm again, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy this album. I give it, I gave it yeah. seven fives. You keep looking for a way to dig out of that hole. You're in the no, hole no, no, there. No. You're in that I stand hole. by, I'm tired of the cheerleader chants. 
I'm I this like I said, I still think this album plays to a much younger generation, which it should because that's where she's getting her album sales. But for me as an almost 30 year old woman, sometimes it misses the mark. Hmm. Anyway, I related really heavily to the cheerleader chant things. So I know you I know you wanted to be a cheerleader. No, it's not about that. It's about lived experience, I think. The I think the some of the stories that get told in a lot of these songs, some of the perspective is from someone who's really been through the ringer, been dumped, you know, seen people and it didn't work out even though she wanted it to. Yeah. Like there's a lot of maybe extended heartache, maybe because mm-hmm. you you wound up with somebody and you've been with that somebody. That doesn't mean you haven't struggled with them, just that there's a whole level of like shit baggage that you carry around with you <laughs> if you've moved from relationship to relationship for a while. And maybe get, it's more difficult for you to relate. I get what you're saying. I have to travel light and you may, you have to check a couple bags. I, I get it. <laughs> a couple bags. <laughs> My ass don't even travel, you know. <laughs> what do you have to say about this album? Please give tell me why I'm wrong. This album's stylistically diverse and represents a bit of everything Taylor had done prior to this while adding a few new genres into the mix, such as jazz and new wave. It's got a few misses for me, but it's still an amazing effort. Even the stuff I don't crave hearing is entirely too catchy. I mentioned earlier that my son sings You Are In Love, and he does. Mm -hmm. That's his new thing, which I pay attention to because it's my favorite song by her. But this Mm -hmm. album, this is the shit that he knows pretty much word for word, front to back. The first time we ever heard him sing anything, it was one of the songs on these albums. This album's got some killer fives. I don't really know what else to say. I actually gave fewer fives to this album than I did the previous album, but it's got more tracks, so it wound up being my top even though I do listen to Reputation quite a bit more. Yeah, it's a, it's the same thing with, with me. I gave more fives to Reputation, and it had, a I would say, a higher price value. So if we don't want to get technical, I would say Reputation is probably my top album by Taylor. But yeah, because it had less tracks than Lover, it fell in the middle. If you're out there and you're a fan and you're listening, I already know plenty of people disagree Lots of people would go to albums we did not cover. She's got albums before this period. She's released some albums after this period. I think the majority of what I've heard from her is fantastic. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) You listen to the Evermore album? I've heard some of it. Because we've been doing the show, I haven't really sat down and taken it in. Because every time I do that with a Taylor Swift CD, I'm fucking obsessed for like a month. (laughs) And it's, I can't be in that position right now. All right. What I want to say in regards to her public perception, she is well known as America's Sweetheart, and it shows. Uh, Her big break came with Teardrops on My Guitar. And how the music makes me feel is like I'm on a girl's road trip. Um, Some other notes I wanted to say is, did you know that she was named after the musician James Taylor? No, I didn't. And they chose the name Taylor for her. Her parents did because it was gender neutral. So she woke. Man. (laughs) And at 14, she wrote a a novel named A Girl Named Girl. And I just thought that that was a super interesting title. Of course you did. Yep. Uh, (laughs) She was hired by Sony as a songwriter. And at that point, she was the youngest songwriter ever. So there you go. My notes involve the fact that she was involved 
in writing every song we covered here, every single song. Her music hits me in the feels a lot like Maria Mina does. People have probably never heard that artist, but maybe they know Taylor Swift. If you like what she does, go listen to Maria Mina. This music makes me feel like I'm still young and full of running. That's a direct ripoff of John Mayer lyrics. But I think that's kind of interesting, too, because it's a it's an honest answer about how the music makes me feel. And uh, they dated at one point, right? Who, and, John Mayer? Yes. Yeah. And they've yes, got a they song did. together on one of his albums. Yes. Uh, she collaborated with John Mayer on Half of My Heart. She was in Two is Better Than One by Boys Like Girls. And there's a, a version of the song Lover that's got Ed Sheeran in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really fucking good is there anything cool. else that comes to mind for you <laughs> no i'm ready to move on to our next artist and okay. I, well I i'm not i just didn't know if you wanted to like, well, I'm break ready. me up all right taylor's voice is like vanilla ice cream it goes with just about anything i've no doubt time will be kind to her by which I mean she'll eventually be viewed as one of the greatest songwriters of her generation. If all you know of her is her early work or her radio hits, you are missing the fuck out on a great artist. And that is all I have to say. I did want to take this opportunity and and let the record state to everyone that is listening, I apologize for giving you so much shit when it came to your Taylor Swift love. This is an artist that I thoroughly enjoy, and I will say that I, I know a lot of her early work, and I appreciate her later work, but Shane, I apologize. By the way, I'm just now thinking about it. Was your top song on Lover a country song? Yes, it What was. has this podcast done to you? I'm broken. (laughs) Or I have evolved, however you want to see it. My mom says broken, I say evolved, you know. I think I'll probably catch a lot of shit in my personal life for this segment. But again, I don't think people really give Taylor Swift the chance that she deserves, especially at this point. Her music's phenomenal. We've said enough about it. Let's take a break. I agree. Let's let's take a break. Hit me with that juicy, juicy recommendation. All right, my song recommendation is Leave the Door Open by Bruno Mars, Anderson, Pac, and Silk Sonic. This was featured on Spotify's new releases, and it's got Bruno Mars in it, so I, I gave it a listen, and I was not disappointed. I will say it does, at the very end of the song, I don't like what they did with it, but for the first three and a half minutes of it, gold. So that's my song recommendation for this week. Well, now I want to hear it just to see what you thought was shit. <laughs> it's just, it just trails, it just trails off. I would have taken it in a different direction, especially because the beginning and the middle were so strong. But I have, I think that that has a lot to do with the collab. Like Bruno Mars threw him a bone a little bit and was like, all right, we're going to let you freestyle. Oh, I don't know if you've been to Anderson Pax fucking spotify section he doesn't need any bones thrown to him. okay no and i i didn't even know who these i had never heard of anderson pack i literally recommended Sonic. a song by him in our last episode i think we have established <laughs> that i do not listen to about 70 percent of what you have to say yeah that's pretty clear <laughs> that is pretty clear i do think it's funny the the contrarian desires in human beings like i just heard you say you didn't like the last 
portion of the song and I'm like, I got to go listen. I'll probably like it. So stupid. Yeah. Humans are so stupid. <laughs> you're, you're a natural I'm so troll. stupid. How about that? That's better. Anyway, what is your recommendation so I can pick it apart? Ohio, also called Come Back to Texas by Bowling for Soup. I went looking for that music video I mentioned in the last episode and stumbled across this. Sharing it because it's a great track I'd completely forgotten about. It makes mention of my hometown. Lots of things Texans really do appreciate and encapsulates what it's like to live in this state yet not be some typical country bumpkin. We live by the motto of variety where I'm from. You might find me at a rodeo one night, only to see me five minutes later rapping along to a ludicrous song while waiting to ride something at the fair. Maybe I'm stoned on the lawn, listening to a jazz fest band, or in a dive bar, enjoying the sounds of a metal fest. Hell, I've even been known to go raving in fields or attend drum and bass nights off Fry Street. This song is an ode to one of the greatest places to live in the whole damn country. Happy to still be here when I'm not dreaming of mountains. Okay, I'm going to be a dick for just like two seconds. Get it. Uh, but I, but correct me if I'm wrong. When you mentioned your possible participation in a Bowling for Soup music video. No, I wasn't in the music video. No, I know. But weren't they trying to... Were they recording something at Walmart or were they just playing? No, no. I knew them from the bowling alley because they would come in from time to time. And part of that was actually, I think they were coming in before the music video. It was just some place that they really liked and they recorded. I want to say it's a music video, but I couldn't find it. It may have just been some skit or something for their channel back then. But I just ran into them at Walmart. Okay. And they knew who I was, so they fuck with me when they'd see me in there. I was actually going to say, this isn't my plug, but uh, if you want to hear more about Shane's encounter with Bowling for Soup, check out Banterbar on YouTube because he talks about it there. So. Oh, that is where I talked about it. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's why I said I'm going to be a little bit of a dick because sorry, I thought it was the talk podcast. about bowling for soup on the podcast. <clears throat> I'm a little lost, you, folks. Do you have a plug this week? I do. I actually have two. One of my plugs for this week is a book called The Virgin Suicides by Jeffrey Eugene Dees. I haven't talked about this book on the podcast before, but it is my favorite book currently. Uh, Well, I say currently. It's been my favorite book for a while. Um, There is also a movie starring Josh Hartnett and Kirsten Dunst that is out there that you can watch. Still, the book is better. uh, But if you ever have time and you're just wanting to discover things about yourself and I guess the level of rabbit holes you want to dive down into, give this book a read. Um, Again, that's The Virgin Suicides by Jeffrey Eugene Dees. I have heard that book is really good. It is. So it's just, it's literally about like five sisters in the seventies, and it's told from right, the boys right, that right, live in the right, neighborhood. Right. Don't don't spoil plots. I'm not gonna spoil it. Yeah, I'm just, you will. It's not told from their perspective, so I think that that gives a um, it gives a feeling of yearning and confusion. Yeah, boys don't feel yearning or confusion. So okay. if you ever read a book from well, a boy's well, perspective, you're not going to get me and my plug. <laughs> All right. I'm just giving you shit, Raven. What's your second pick? My second plug is a card game called Love Language. It's available on Amazon. If you and a spouse ever want to just get sit down and get to know each other a little bit better, or maybe you haven't had time to escape the 
monotony that is your relationship. If you ever feel that things are a little bit too scheduled and your life is just, you know, you're just going through the motions, sit down with this game. It'll really introduce you to to each other again. So again, that's love language on Amazon. Now, is that a game about talking or is that a game about fucking? It's, it's 100% it's a game about talking. Okay. I have to specify this to everyone that I tell this to. I, I I bought this for a Valentine's Day getaway. And no, I did not think it was a sexual game. <laughs> and I just let a friend of mine borrow it. And I'm standing behind. If, they, if people can't... Standing behind. I'm standing behind that it'll help and just be a good night for them. Because if you can find the time to sit down and talk, you're not going to regret some of the discussions that you have because there are things that I learned about Blue and our relationship that I I didn't exactly know before. So that's always good. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> I want to pry, but you know, I don't want, I, mean, I don't, I don't speak y'all's love language. So just, do your thing. I'm going to let just, you keep your secrets right now. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Thank you for letting me keep my secrets. I appreciate that. What's your plug? <laughs> oh, fuck. Massage guns. <laughs> Have you Even. seen these? I'm not talking about like the uh, like those massagers that you can get for like 20 bucks from a Walmart. I'm not I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about like those actual bullet gun type. I just got an image in my head of you putting one of those on your taint. I don't know why. On my taint. Yes. You should do that. Let me know how that uh, (laughs) that scares me to even consider. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, I'm I'm being a dick. Please tell people why. They should invest in in a massage gun. And specifically, I'm talking about the Bob and Brad varieties of yeah. massage guns. The problem is right now on Amazon, these things are huge and you can wind up buying one that's really cheaply made or doesn't even turn on. And Anyway, if you know someone who suffers from muscle tension and you're tired of giving them strenuous massages or paying for massages, get them one of these things. Your life will be better as a result. Don't know how else to say it. These things are the absolute shit. And all you have to do to make somebody feel better is hold this fucking crazy gun on their taint. Yeah, not their taint. (laughs) If if you uh, if you have tension in your taint, I think you should probably (laughs) see a medical doctor. Are you ready to get to the meat and potatoes of what you're here for? Yes, I, I, I am hungry and I'm ready. Let us move on. Let's do this. I have to admit, I don't know what being hungry has to do with talking about Panic at the Disco, but... Well, you said get into the meat and potatoes. I said I was hungry for some panic at the disco. Gotcha. All right. See, so I, I've I've mm. been dreading this for a long, long time, which is a shame. But I why have are you been. dreading it? You're supposed to have confidence in your I group. Ha- I have confidence in my group, but history has proven me wrong when it comes to our musical tastes clashing. Is it fair to say that this is your group? One I of the like top five groups for you yes okay and i know that probably says a lot about me but fuck you i'm gonna do me i don't know and why you're so defensive we haven't even talked about the group yet. i'm I, i'm i'm to, to listeners that 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 disagree uh this is my musical opinion 
And if you don't like it, sorry about your life. We keep saying group. Isn't it just one person now, technically? Mm, Brendan Urie is Panic at the Disco, but he still operates under a group. Yeah. And it was originally a band. Yes. Everybody left the band and Brendan Urie was the last one standing. And he still operated as the group. Which I just, I don't think of it as a knock. I think the songwriting probably came from him universally anyway. I tend to think of this as like dashboard confessional because technically that's just Chris, you know, writing the music in that side. But albums that we covered, let's let me give you something that you didn't give me. Why did you choose the albums that you chose? I chose the albums that I chose because of you. Because of me. Yes. I chose the albums that I chose with the exception of Pretty Odd, which did not get as good as a critical reception as I thought it should have gotten. And I know you enjoy some songs off of the Pretty Odd album. I chose the albums that I chose to compare them to Taylor Swift's albums, and they were coming out at the same time. So it kind of put them in the same time frame. Okay. Uh, I also thought that some of his... Some of their, I'll say his, but some of their later albums are much stronger and uh, relatable to us as adults. Hmm. So I I love the first album that obviously was my int- introduction to Panic at the Disco, but I ultimately decided not to choose it for that reasoning. Okay. So, okay. Anyway, moving on to our first album that we covered by Panic at the Disco, Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die from 2013. This was my bottom album. This was my middle. I gave it six fives. Eight fives. My top track is This is Gospel. I was torn... I've always been torn between Casual Affair and The End of All Things. End of All Things is really, really good. Anyway, my bottom track is Far Too Young to Die. Girls, Girls, Boys. What? Yep. I gave your bottom track a five, by the way. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say we disagree there. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. That's, you know, that's fine. Uh, It doesn't doesn't strike me as a very adult song. I thought that would have been your shit, though. No, it's very uh, cheerleader-ish. It's got a cheer chant that I'm just tired of. You, uh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You, that video, I mean, you wouldn't enjoy it. But for those of you that do like Brendan Urie and don't know, you remember D'Angelo's Untitled music video? Yeah. He literally does the exact same thing, but with him instead of D'Angelo. All right. Well, ladies, if you ever want to flick a bean (laughs) and you find him attractive, I guess go watch that. (laughs) But that might be a thirst trap. Anyway. I really appreciate the pacing of this album. Its focus is clearly on tight songwriting and meaningful lyricism, not on an impenetrable wall of sound or lots of shouting. There's a lot going on, too, with regard to genres, but that's true of most Panic music. Some really strong fives here. Raven, what did you have to say? I said his vocal talent shines always. Yuri's ability to carry a group is astounding. Album a little too synth-driven. Vocals can sometimes seem processed. Well, you know I like a good synth, so. I know. I know. And I know. I, his vocals kind of always sound processed to me. Okay. I think what it is, I've, I was trying to land my ship here because sometimes there's, I think we all have voices that strike us in a way and we're not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. I think really what it is, is this dude is so able to hit a note without any variation or uh, it almost sounds like he's auto-tuned 
even though he's not. That's mm-hmm. just how good he is at controlling his voice. Oh, anyway. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with anything you're saying. I'm taking it. I'm taking this as a win. So okay. Moving on to our next album, which was Death of a Bachelor from 2016. This was my top album. This was my bottom. I gave it 11 fives. Burr, 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 burr. <gasps> he paid attention. Yeah. That was the test. Yes, I gave this album a perfect rating. I know I have no right to do that with with me not giving out perfect ratings in the past, but this album, I know every word to every song, and this is the only album that I would not change a song on. So I finally gave in and gave a perfect rating. You know, and I've had all this time to consider what I would do that's not just your noise repeated back at you. (laughs) I like that. I like repeating your noise back at you. You uh-huh. probably don't feel annoyed by it, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I had I, a, I didn't come up with anything. I didn't even try. No, I and I I literally I was like I'm gonna slip this in. I'm just gonna ease it in, slide it on in. Maybe he'll notice. Maybe you won't. And you paid attention, so I appreciate that. Five fives. Okay, my top track was Death of a Bachelor. Same. My bottom track was Crazy Equals Genius. The good, the bad, and the dirty. Okay. What I want to say about this album is if you listen to the second track that the intros from B-52's Rock Lobster, uh, it's Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time. That's the name of the song. Uh, yeah, they take he takes a sample of B-52's Rock Lobster. And if you like Stranger Things, Will from Stranger Things was featured in their L.A. Devotee song. So if you like that, go give it a watch. This album is more party and celebratory. Yuri wrote this album at the time that he was getting married, and I think that really shows in the Death of a Bachelor song. Love the harmonies, jazz, and big band accompaniment. Took inspiro from Frank Sinatra, which is his favorite artist, and again, it shows. Uh, And I absolutely love the album cover. I wrote that this album is stylish, melodic, and energetic. Mostly reminds me of being at a party, where the music is dialed up to 11, I don't relate to some of the lyrics, or the hooks don't catch me, or the sound is too bombastic in places, or his vocal register is too high-pitched for its deeper nature. I love the oldie sensibilities, though. None of this is bad music. Great cover art. I did only give five fives. The rest of it got fours. I really think most people might be able to appreciate this more than I do. And what's interesting is... There was a point in time where I sat down and rated this, and it did get close to a perfect rating. I think I've just had more time with it, and it's become slightly less appealing for me in places. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that happens. Uh, some people, it, it happened with Taylor Swift's Lover album, too. Sometimes first appearances fade, and sometimes they, you know, come into focus a little clearer. I could be- see why you would give this album a perfect rating, is what I'm trying to say. Well, and because I gave this album per- a perfect rating, I immediately started questioning all of my near perfect ratings in the past like purple rain (laughs) sticks out by prince and as a test i went back and asked alexa i can't i can't be too loud uh asked alexa if she would play computer blue yeah still not a five for me it is what it is what about our last album moving on to our last album which was pray for the wicked which came out in 2018 this was my middle album this was my top album I gave it 10 fives. I gave it seven, just like with Taylor Swift. A different album got more fives, but this had a higher purchase value. My top track was King of the Clouds. Dying in LA. 
and my bottom track was The Overpass. Same. Now, this is the album that we were fortunate enough to see in concert together. Yep. And what he did with Dying in L.A., which is has become a running theme ever since he did the Death of a Bachelor album, that piano through the air, that is a song that Shane's favorite song that he performs for that album. Does that make sense? I guess so. Okay. I didn't know I had a favorite, but <laughs> I had a favorite you on just, this album. Yeah, favorite you, on that album. That's what I meant. Sorry. Okay. Um, what I want to say about this album is the production value is increased to the max, still keeping with the big band sound, but really high energy and often cosmic at times. Kind of makes me feel like I'm... S- like the album indicates, standing on top of a tall building and looking down. I I don't know. So that's all I have to say about that album. She's on a tall building, y'all. I wrote that this album manages to be even more catchy than its predecessor and fits the group's name better than the rest of what we covered here. It's also plenty diverse. The problem is that I didn't connect to some of it emotionally. It's a feel-good album for the most part. And I'm sure most of you realize by now that I want music to cut me. Cut me, Mick. I also still hate that the disc starts with Silver Lining. I have softened on that song. I do think better of it than I used to. There was something so off-putting when I first turned that album on. Mm -hmm. But I do tend to agree more with Blue now that it is a good song. It's just not where I would have put it on the album. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it should be the first. Like... The Death of Bachelor album, I enjoyed that Victorious was the first song on Death of Bachelor. But first, there's something about Fuck a Silver Lining, because, yeah, that's the name of it. Yeah. I just don't like it being first. I wish that they would have done Pray for the Wicked probably first. Okay. Would have been better than Fuck a Silver Lining. Yeah. Again, I think maybe it's what they're aiming for, you know, just to be that that energetic, uh, feel-good album. It makes some sense, you know. Maybe it's built to play... From the end of Death of a Bachelor into the new album. I've never tried that, but you, there is that small piece of intro that makes you think it's going to be kind of peaceful. Yeah. And then totally not. <laughs> but do you have some notes? Some things to consider when putting Panic at the Disco in a genre box. They've done everything from folk, rock, alternative rock, jazz, and pop. Their sound does a good job at evolving and sort of genre bending through time. Songs released exclusively as a single. It's not available on their Spotify, but they did a song called New Perspective for the Jennifer's Body soundtrack that kicks ass. But then again, I'm biased. You like that Um, movie? I did like that movie. I thought it was, it was like one of those fun kind of horror movies. All right. I'm not saying it's Cabin in the Woods. I wondered if you liked it. I don't know. Okay. All right. Their big break was I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Their album titles, which I've learned to appreciate it now, but I always thought their their albums and their song titles, especially in that first album, were way too long and way too complicated. But that was popular at the time between them and Fall Out Boy. Yes, it was. More missed singles by Panic! at the Disco. Brendan Urie was in a song called Open Happiness, which was the Coca-Cola logo, with CeeLo Green, Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy, Janelle Monae, and Travi McCoy. That's really good. Keep On Keeping On. Uh, Brendan Urie was in it with Travi McCoy. And as stated in a past episode, uh, he also lent his vocals for the chorus in Little Lil Dicky's Molly. 
Who is my favorite member of Panic at the Disco? Shane, would you like to guess? The only member? Yes, the only member, Brandon Murray. <laughs> uh, his strongest. Hello, and most unique... Captain Obvious. <laughs> I know, I literally wrote Brandon Murray, duh. Uh, his strongest and most unique element is his vocal range and genre bending. Panic at the Disco was discovered by Pete Wentz of Fallout Boy, and they Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco still remain very, very close friends to this day. Brendan Urie is a huge advocate for the LGBTQ community. He also played Charlie in Kinky Boots on Broadway. And if you haven't heard his Soul of a Man rendition from that show, you are severely missing out. Plays over nine instruments, grew up as Mormon, but is no longer religious. That's one of the reasons why a lot of his lyrics and album titles relate to religion. He identifies music as his religion, so he associates the two. He used to sing at his smoothie job for tips to pay for practice space for his band Panic at the Disco in the beginning. And when Panic at the Disco got started, they had two vocalists. Brendan wasn't wasn't originally like the, I guess, the leader of the band. He did offer his vocals, but he wasn't the leader when it came to the band's decision making. And he opened up Notes for Notes in Nevada, which is his home state, to offer free recording space for young musicians. And the last thing I will say is it was meant to be that these two artists got drawn this week because they respect each other very, very much. So much so that they went as far as to make a song called Me, which was on the last Taylor Swift album that we covered, Lover. So check that out. And yeah. It's got a pretty cool is... video, too, if you can get past the uh, the goofy intro. Yeah. So I something thought... tells me, by the way, that that's not the last thing you're going to say here, but... <laughs> That is the last thing I'm going to say about Panic at the Disco. I have said enough. This was a good week yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I would agree. It was a good week. My notes include the fact that uh, as far as genres go, I would have said this group's music is an alternative group that slowly turned pop. They definitely tried a bunch of stuff in between, uh, but it is more pop now than it is alternative. So if you know nothing about the group, you might like the really early work if you're into alternative, might hate some of the newer stuff, or vice versa. It felt like there were loads of samples from other songs mixed in here. It may have just been like a little second or two or a clip thrown in, but I definitely got the vibe that I, I couldn't even get my footing for a lot of the samples that exist in some of this. That may just be the nature of the music. Maybe there aren't actually that many samples, but... I said just, I wasn't going to say I was about to say, I was just, I was, I was waiting on you to just jump in like, you're fucking wrong, okay? No, you are not wrong at all. I just said I wasn't going to say anymore. There are a million, I, I'm not going to say anymore. Yep, there she goes. I'm uh, going to be good. I'm going to be good. I've said everything I needed to say. One of their songs is on my novel soundtrack, and I would consider that high praise. So I really don't know why Raven was worried going into this, but, uh... <laughs> As far as the music videos go, I'd recommend going and watching Emperor's New Clothes. Mm -hmm. That's a really good video. Can I just, am I allowed to say, mm-hmm? Am I, am I allowed to do that? Sure, why not? You're already saying other words. <laughs> asking a question is saying more, you know? But, but I'm not talking about Panic! at the Disco. I'm just asking if I can say, uh-huh. Having seen the group live, I would argue that some of the sound changes that you're seeing are not just the fact that it's it's mostly one person. I think the sound changes feel geared toward a live stadium sound. 
I think when you're an artist that's touring so much, you are really going to start getting into that, the knowing, the knowledge that you're going to be performing this. So write music that you really enjoy performing. And that's definitely the way most of this comes across to me. The music makes me feel like I'm not a ball of sunshine (laughs) because a lot of this music can feel like a ball of sunshine wrote it. And I'm not always that person. I want to point out that according to my old ratings, I have given one of this group's albums a perfect rating. Refuse to say which, but it wasn't one that we covered today. Fucking asshole. It's not even been mentioned today. This isn't a group I go out of my way to listen to, but they're certainly unique sounding and above average. I'd call it love-hate, but there's much more love here than hate. I don't know. If you have been off-put by something you've heard by Panic at the Disco, I think just like with Taylor Swift, you're really doing yourself a disservice by not listening to everything that they have. That's what's great about this week and these artists that we wound up with at the end of the season because they are both artists that I could recommend going and listening to. If you don't like what you hear or know already, you're probably going to find something else that's fantastic. Yeah, what he said. All right. <laughs> She's not trying to murder me, y'all, so it's, uh, it's all good. No, 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 no. This this turned out better than I expected. So who won for you, like, Rayburn? Well, you know, my girl, I just, no, you, you already know. You already know. Am I allowed to say their name? Yeah, you can talk again. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Panic at the Disco. Uh, it, the only band that I've ever given an album a perfect rating to took it. Taylor Swift gave a hell of a fight in comparison to Panic at the Disco. But you know you know where my loyalty has lied for a while now. Yeah. And I assume... Yeah, take any metric you want. It was Taylor. Yeah. It was Taylor Swift. She almost doubled the amount of fives, which part of that is that her albums are longer Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, her average came out not too much higher, but higher. Mm-hmm. And her purchase value was again higher. Yeah. So she had 14 songs more than Panic did. Yeah. Which is pretty much like having a fourth album. Yeah. So that is an advantage, but she still would have would have won out for me. Like I said before, this was a really good week for me. A really easy, enjoyable listening week. We have had weeks in the past where we have struggled to get through artists, those shall not be named. And this week was not one of them. So I'm lucky to have gotten to listen to both artists this week and thought so highly of both of them. Well, let's go ahead and move on then to the second half of our list. Those 80s rock ballads. What do you have? Next on my list is Hell is for Children by Pat Benatar. Uh, you could have gone with Love is a Battlefield, any one of Pat Benatar's more popular songs but i ultimately went with this one because this is a song that my mom showed me and yeah it's depressing as shit (laughs) i mean any song with the title of hell is for children yeah you kind of know what you're getting into before you even listen to it so that's that's my depressive pick (laughs) for the day go listen to this depressing shit although that's kind of what i recommend every time i open my mouth so what you gonna do What's your next pick? Depressive shit. Love Bites by Def Leppard and I'll Be There For You by Bon Jovi. And I totally just said that in a way that doesn't match the song. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. I have stories for these tracks, but there's no real intersectionality to the stories. So let me just say that it's odd to consider the way lyrics in love songs shape our expectations of romantic relationships. I was a fan of both tracks, 
prior to love being a physical reality in my life. And I think part of what makes relationships seem so appealing is that even before you've experienced another person's sensuality, you can still hear through music just how moving these experiences are apt to be. These aren't what I'd call happy songs, but they still deliver the reality that feeling something is preferable to feeling nothing. More than a little wild to me to realize that we shape our hearts ahead of using them by reflecting on the stories and lessons found in these sorts of love songs. I told you, I re- recommend not happy shit every time I open my mouth. What you got next? I'm I'm refraining on commenting. You kind of you kind of comment snidely every time you do that. Every time you say that <laughs> shit, it's like it's a backhanded uh, compliment. <laughs> well, I would say I'm I'm not meaning to be that way, but we know damn well that I'm probably meaning to be that way. Mm-hmm. Next on my list is "Forever Young" by Alphaville. I just really like this song, and I've liked this song ever since I heard it in Napoleon Dynamite. So, yep. That's a fantastic song. Thank you for validating the way that I feel. I love this song. It and it's it's almost it's almost so goofy. It shouldn't be good, but to me, it's it's got that goofy vo- those goofy vocals that make it good. Yeah, I think it. I think the only reason it even feels goofy to me at times is just because it was in that film. But it Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. For the most yeah. part, when I hear that song, it's just, it's a real moving, emotional experience for me. But it is, it does have an edge to it that keeps you from getting, you know, sad or mm-hmm. too in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's next on your list? Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone by Cinderella and Still Loving You by The Scorpions. I put these together because they bring someone else's stories to mind. That's actually the case a lot, but I don't feel comfortable sharing loads of other people's stories, which is why I'm almost always using my own. Having said that, because I know said someone is a listener, I hope you appreciate the inclusion, vague though it may be. Now, let's make me sound like a raging narcissist once again. (laughs) Because, again, don't just want to share everyone else's shit. Taking what you have for granted and still feeling love for people from your past, those are these songs. And if that's not me in a nutshell, then the nutshell doesn't exist. That's all I've got. Okay. Next on my list is Hysteria by Def Leppard. As I've stated in past episodes, I grew up listening to a lot of Def Leppard. Still to this day, it's my sister's favorite band. And there's a reason. This is ultimately one of the songs that I took from their Hysteria album and, you know, ran with it. So it's still one of my favorites and there's a reason that it makes this list. Word. (laughs) I had to learn about Def Leppard in shop class in middle school or industrial. I don't remember what they called it, but it was so strange. The last thing I thought we were ever going to be doing in there was watching like a special that had anything to do with music. Uh But they totally were, they were were trying to show some of the technology behind what happened after the, the wreck where the drummer lost the, yep. Yep. Yeah. He lost an arm. Yeah. So they wound up creating all of these foot pedals Mm-hmm. to control drum sets and mm-hmm. yeah really interesting and I, I will agree here as well amazing group they say that he got better as a drummer after he lost the arm yeah which is crazy to think that a person has to lose an arm to kind of 
reach their full potential when it comes to their instrument. I think that says more about the individual than the band. So, mm. but anyway, I, th- I think that probably says more about the drums in general. <laughs> if you've ever tried to play drums, just the way that the foot pedal, the bass drums, the kick drum, whatever, the way that it tends to hit in songs, it feels so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. It's like the patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time sort of thing. But figuring that out on the fly and doing all sorts of tricks with it, it's anyone who can play drums, my hat's off to you because they're nothing at all like any other instrument that you can pick up. Yeah. Anyway. What's your next pick? I'll See You In My Dreams by Giant and What It Takes by Aerosmith. I don't regret much of anything anymore. Having the soon-to-be two kids drives home that if I'd done anything differently, they might not even exist. And that's unacceptable to me. But what I still tend to regret is the way I've behaved through the low points. Chief among those regrets is not accepting certain breakups for what they were. Whether it was heavy anger or sadness I expressed, it certainly wasn't acceptance. And I know from experience that I had to learn those lessons. They've helped ensure that Megan and I didn't part ways after the first few years. But I do still wish I'd been more ready to hear what those exes were trying to tell me at the time. It's hard to ignore your own pain in favor of someone else's happiness, but that's what you've got to do if you truly claim to care about that other person. Ladies, I'm sorry that I sometimes didn't know how to deal, and thank most of you for thinking highly enough of me to see us back to functional friendship. You were young and dumb. I'm sure you're more than forgiven. Yeah, I was just, uh, I got attached you know, mm-hmm. it. I was not prepared. I always thought I'll do it right when I get in a relationship and I'll make it work. And then it took a handful of breakups to get to that point where <laughs> you actually give up on that notion. Yeah. Like sometimes when somebody says they want something to be over, it needs to just be over. Yeah. Like you can't fight them on it. You can't try to make it better. Or okay. Just let it be what it is. And oddly enough, that tends to have better outcomes if your goal is to try to get someone back. <laughs> Just leave them the fuck alone. Let them do their yeah. thing for a while. But anyway. Yeah. What is it they say? Separation makes the heart grow fonder? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I do find a lot of truth in the notion that people come back around. Anyway, what's next? My next pick is Close My Eyes by Ozzy Osbourne and Lita Ford. Lita Ford uh, was one of the band members of The Runaways with Joan Jett. So this song is just a really good balance of Ozzy's vocals to her gruff female vocals. And I've just always really enjoyed it. And that's why it makes my list. Yeah. Fantastic duet. I think it's a close my eyes forever. Right. I thought it was. I mean, it says close my eyes forever, but I think how it's listed on Spotify is close my eyes. Okay. I just, I was throwing, I I wasn't correct on that. I wasn't trying to correct you. I was just throwing it out there in case someone didn't know what close my eyes was, you know, right off. Because every time I think about it, it's close my eyes forever. Close my eyes forever. Yeah. Anyway, that's good shit. So I'm supposed to talk some more now. Yeah. 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 (laughs) This is your time to talk. Next up is I Won't Forget You by Poison. And Romeo and Juliet by The Dire Straits. Solid. A while Solid back. Choices. I Thank you. A while back, I posted a quote as a cover photo on my Facebook that said, If we grew apart as friends, there is a 100% chance I'm cheering you on from afar and that I still love you. And I think it's important to put things like that out there because not every turbulence in a changing relationship 
ends up in smooth sailing. Sometimes even the friendship crashes and burns. I'd like to think something positive or constructive can be grown from those ashes. So these picks are for those who aren't even on my friends list but still go checking my social media stories. Grudges aren't something I'm big on maintaining, and you're welcome to talk to me if you want or need to. My goal is to keep focused on the best in most people. So, I mean, if nothing else, I hope, even if you're out there and you really do hate me for whatever reason, I hope that you're living your best life. That is very nice, Shane. I think more people, even though you've lost connection with an old friend and maybe things didn't work out the way that you thought it would, I always think it's better to encourage their success rather than pull them down because all, all it does is hurt you Yeah. in the end. Yeah, and it's I think it's really tough sometimes too because a lot of the friendships, how do I put this? It's hard to have friendships that are... I don't just want to say it's hard to be friends with girls because that sounds so stupid. Yes, it does. <laughs> but I think if there's a a possibility for attraction developing, things end up in a weird spot, even if neither of you mean for them to. And that tends to put this uh, wedge in your friendship. Mm-hmm. And what do you do about that? You eventually have to figure out how to deal. And I know that for a lot of people out there, when something like that happens and one or the other of you is involved, the immediate reaction that some people have is just to cut yourself away from them completely. Mm -hmm. And I get that. You do that for your own well-being, right? I've had to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think the more, the, the choice that I would tend to make is how do you salvage the friendship? Yeah. Right. Because this is never what we were trying to be. Anyway, it's it's a lot of rambling. Okay. Well, moving on to my last pick. It's More Than Words by Extreme. This does not come as a surprise to the people that know me. I associate this song a lot with the early stages of my relationship and sort of where we came to a point that we decided, shit, this is serious. This is this is some end game shit. And um, it was always the understanding of you don't have to tell me you constantly love and adore me for me to feel like you constantly love and adore me. So if you know me and the person that I am with, this song will make complete sense as to why it is here. Can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the end of my list. All right. Well, my final picks are Heaven by Warrant and I Remember You by Skid Row. These two make me think about a compilation album I once bought that left me obsessed with making specialized mixes. Before the digital age took off, I used to think it would be a dream job to start a company which specialized in making albums to fit certain moods. Uh, The lists being part of this podcast are mostly my still seeking an outlet for that dream. If you can't tell by now, this entire list was meant to rival that very first compilation disc I bought. I tried making the set list tell a story of two people slowly falling for each other, falling apart, then coming to terms with the split, developing an appreciation for what they once shared. I hope you go enjoy the journey if you're listening. Yeah, we were. I I mean, now I know you were for sure, but I knew that. Yeah, I was making these lists anyway, so I was going to have an outlet when it came to (laughs) mood lists regardless but anyway that is that's it for both of our lists what's going on next week shane next week is the season finale we'll recap what we've covered and try to determine who our ultimate winner for the season was while covering five more 
artists mm-hmm. <laughs> out of our <laughs> specials jam jar. These are artists that maybe we've covered in the past and they only have one or two CDs left or artists that have one or two CDs. We're going to draw five of them at random. And if you haven't tuned in before, I love the end of season specials. <laughs> it's nice to cover so many artists at once. So I'm yeah. drawing as we speak. I was going to make a comment on Timmy T, but then I refrained from it. Rayburn, Timmy T literally came out of this jar in my hand and I thought, no, uh, we've already done you guy. Uh, Sam Hunt is our first. Okay. It's a country artist. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's country. Second up is Yazoo or Yaz. Yes. All right. Only you. Uh, what's that other song, Blue Leg? Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to be a strange week. Third is Tracy Lords. Seriously? Yeah. By the way, if y'all haven't seen her, she was in Crybaby and Zach and Mary Make a Porno. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just. Uh... I'm just saying I'm familiar with her. <laughs> This is weird. This is going to be really weird. Uh, Killjoy Club is has been drawn, which is ICP and 3-6 Mafia. <laughs> I was going to say, Together. I knew it had to be some ICP shit. And lastly is Lord. Okay. The person who she, did Royals. Yeah, so she, I thought she had more than one album. She might. She may just not have three. Oh, that's right. I forgot the specifications of how they ended up in the special jar. And what's okay. fucked up about the special jar, by the way, is that as time goes on, some of these artists may have three albums by the time we draw them. But yep. when the jar was made, they did not. So we've got yep. Sam Hunt, Yaz, Tracy Lords, Killjoy Club, and The Lord. Okay. You know what didn't come out of that jar that I'm sure you wanted to? What? Chris Stapleton. You know, I, I don't have the energy to fight with you. I've, I've, I'm literally all out of energy. So I'm just going to accept that. Acceptance is a beautiful thing, Rayburn. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week. Hit up our playlist to hear all the songs we talk about. Get our full ratings, t-shirts, and bonus episodes at teespring.com slash rated radio. Reminder that our second bonus episode will be there by the time you hear this. Guide what we listen to by suggesting new artists for our jam jar. You can even send us voice messages on Facebook for a shot at being on the show. Your support really is what makes or breaks us. So thank you for listening and sharing. Until next time, fill your world with music. And remember, we're cheering you on from afar. Thank you.